and welcome to A Court of Three Strands, the Palatine Institute's podcast on creating Christian culture. Through this show, we hope to provide a resource of education and encouragement for students, parents, and leaders about the revival of Christian values in our community. On A Court of Three Strands, we'll focus on the three foundational strands that make a strong, flourishing Christian culture, the church, the family, and education. We desire to order these things around God's word to advance Christ's kingdom and so glorify him and bless our community. My name is Ron Young, former headmaster at Providence Academy and founder of the Palatine Institute. And I'm Allison Tuttle, a wife and mother and the director of the Palatine Institute. Through our conversations, we look forward to sharing fellowship, knowledge, and practical wisdom for his glory here on A Court of Three Strands podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello, and welcome back to A Court of Three Strands. Today, we are kicking off season five of the podcast, and this season's episode is education. For this first episode, we are going to be discussing education and the paideia of God. All right. And Ron, why don't you, I don't know, do you want to start out by defining that Greek word? Sure. In the title? Yeah, that that would be great. Um, First of all, I'm kind of amazed. Fifth episode, fifth season. I know. Wow. It's like we're pros now. Um, yeah, so paideia is uh, a Greek word that we often think of as education or training, I think might be a good word for it. And the idea of a paideia is a, an enculturation. So you have a, a particular, um, this is a Greek word, I'll use a Greek city. Um, so you have a, a particular Greek civilization or city And uh, the idea is they want to educate their children so that they can inherit the culture um, of that city and kind of grow into the, to being a functioning adult in that, in that city. Mm -hmm. Right. So it, um, it's training children to take their place in that society. So, so think of, think of Sparta. Okay. In, in Sparta, you have Lycurgus makes these new laws in Sparta. And uh, they decide that, you know, all these wars happen because people want money. So he decides to uh, get rid of gold and silver as money. And they use like lead and stones for currency. And they tear down their walls. And his statement is, is that the men of Sparta will be the walls of Sparta. So the whole idea is that if you have a boy, they're going to be trained to be a warrior, Mm -hmm. to be the walls of Sparta. And to be part of the, you know, maybe the assembly who helps instruct the king or to, to advise the king or to develop other laws, that type of thing. But the primary goal is to be a warrior. So at the age of seven, they take sons away from their mothers um, and they begin uh, living a life where they're being trained to be tough, you know, so they have like one linen garment they wear during the winter and the summer. Uh, they sleep on the floor. They learn how to steal because <laughs> they, they want to, when they're at war, they go light. They don't, they don't want to be burdened by all sorts of things. They want to go quickly and light. So the idea is they have to be taught how to hunt and how to steal so that they can survive when they're going off to war. Mm-hmm. So at a young age, that's what they do. And they, and man, it worked. So the Spartans were very feared mm-hmm. uh, as warriors. 
you know, here and then take Athens, another Greek city, uh, you know, same general area of the world and um, same language. Uh, and yet their culture was vastly different. You were taught primarily interested in about their democracy. And so boys were taught to, to learn particularly how to, to read and to communicate well, like rhetoric was a big deal uh, so that they can take their place as an adult in the assembly and argue for laws and things like that. Now they were also trained as warriors or craftsmen or other things like that, but it was a vastly different paideia if you were born in Sparta or you were born in um, Athens. So I put it this way, every polis, that's the Greek word for city, every polis has a paideia in mind. A certain goal. A certain goal. Thereafter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's think of, uh, we live in America, the United States of America, and in the state of Wisconsin. So there's a particular way in which we would think that we should educate our children to take their place as citizens of our country, as, um, you know, people who are going to, um, you know, live in our democratic republic. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it would be important for our kids you know, to be able to speak well, to think well, to be able to argue, uh, at least to follow arguments so that they're not duped by politicians, those types of things. It's a capitalist society, so we have the freedom to own or possess things. And so we need to teach our children how to accumulate wealth in a way that's wise and good and, and just uh, to be generous, because that's the only way a society like ours would, would survive which means we have to train them for a particular vocation, whatever that might be, whether it's working with your hands or working you know, behind a desk or, or, or what have you. So that's kind of the paideia, right? Or at least the, can I say, the original vision our founders had. Yes. Our original vision of our, our founders had was is that we're not subjects to a king, like in England. We're not uh, subjected to class, where if you're born in, you know, of the noble the nobility, you, you're college educated to be able to help govern things. And then if you're not, you're just a, you're trained to be a farmer or a mechanic or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the original vision of the United States was, is, is like a, a Jefferson or a Washington where you're, you're a farmer, you're a business owner like Paul Revere, who was a silversmith, but you were also educated so you can be a statesman. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have both a vocation where you're, you're creating wealth for yourself and your family, but also you're participating in our, in the civic government because mm-hmm. it's, you know, our country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not the king's country. It's not the ruling elite's country. It's, it's our country. So that was, that was, I think, the original vision of, uh, of our founding fathers. Um, and, of course, we have this other part to education and that is, and we've been talking about this, especially last season, we talked about the church mm-hmm. and that is we're citizens also of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you go even further back before our founders, you have the, the pilgrims and the Puritans who come and uh, up in Massachusetts and uh, their idea is, is that they want to be a fit citizen of God's kingdom. And, uh, and so they began to, uh, this is where public schooling first came to be. And the idea was um, if we're going to be 
good citizens of God's kingdom, we have to be able to read God's word and study it on our own. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you, you know, because you, you still have pastors, but they're, they're, they're human beings. They're men who are fallen. And so the, the congregation needs to be able to read the scripture and to be able to test whether, whether what they're be, hurt, what they're hearing is true or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course the, uh, it was the Puritans who thought um, you have no business reading God's word if you can't think right. So they taught them logic. Mm-hmm. So the idea of being a fit citizen of Christ's kingdom had a lot to do with reading, uh, particularly reading scripture and to think rightly, right? How can you um, look at things in a logical manner? Um, how can you discern what is true or not? Um, and, the, and that was, that was to fit people in as a citizen of, of Christ's kingdom. Mm-hmm. So, so both have been part of that. Mm-hmm. Biblically, we have uh, the instruction in um, Ephesians chapter six, verse four, Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, says, fathers don't provo- do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, now that's an English translation. And if you look at discipline, that word discipline, it, it, it's translated paideia, or it comes from the word paideia. Mm-hmm. And then uh, instruction is nuthasia, uh, which means um, it's instructions, but in a sense of warnings, like don't do this mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or uh, yeah. The, so the, the paideia is kind of like the positive and the, the other is uh, more of the, the, the negatives, mm-hmm. warning, warning your children not to do certain things. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the foundation of what we would say. Um, our paideia, uh, is the Lord's paideia and that we're instructed by God himself, uh, through his word to provide the paideia and instruction or, or nuthasia of the Lord to our children. Mm-hmm. We're required by God to do this. This is a question I had. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, um, one, I guess, could you maybe describe a little bit more about what what the paideia of the Lord is, if, if it's a requirement, like we have to know where we're headed. Yeah, exactly. Right? Um, in order to do this well. Yeah. You talk about what it is and. Yeah, absolutely. So w- one is, I, I think that there is a um, misconception that the paideia of the Lord is simply teaching right doctrine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now that's a very important thing, right? So we should catechize our kids. We should be, they should be taught the, what the word of God says and the, uh, what we ought to believe about God from scripture. But if you remember, Paideia has this idea of enculturation. It's not just the content of scripture or the content of theology. It's how we, it's how we act and how we live mm-hmm. with with those things as our, our presuppositions of truth. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, so we're, we're to, um, you know, let me, let me read Deuteronomy six, four through nine, part of the instructions to God's people uh, at Mount Sinai, uh, hero Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord, your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words I command you today shall be upon your heart. 
You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gate. So, so part of, part of the paideia of God is not simply the content of God's instructions. It, it also, notice here, it says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart mm-hmm. and mind and soul, right? Soul and mind, um, it, or might, I'm sorry. And so this, this idea is part of the paideia isn't just to, to know about God and to know his instructions, but to love God mm-hmm. and to love his instructions. And, and, and it's through that love that we are obedient to him. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so we love him, we trust him, we obey him in, uh, in kind of that order. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so that's, that's part of what it means. So as a, as a father, um, or if you're a mother, um, our, our, we're to be diligent in instructing our kids, not just you know, the 10 commandments, you know, to, to only have one God, for instance, but that they should love that God, mm-hmm. not just to, uh, you know, keep the Sabbath and, you know, rest on that, on the Lord's day. Um, but to love doing that, that it would be a delight and not a burden, mm-hmm. um, that when, uh, that we should delight in the truth. So, we're, so even though it says, don't give false testimony, don't lie about someone, we should love the fact that we should uh, not lie because we love our neighbor. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's about, it's about where our heart is. Um, so our teaching is, is not just content. It has a lot to do with, with how this is done. Mm-hmm. So in, in the Deuteronomy section, we saw there's this um, uh, pedagogy, which means the methods and practices of the teacher, right? So the pedagogy includes like the instruction, which includes an example, right? So you're, you're, uh, you're doing this, teaching them diligently to your children, talking to them uh, about them at at all different places when you're walking, when you're, you you know, Mm -hmm. it's an everyday life that this paideia, this instruction is happening. Um, So examples, instruction, uh, reminders, uh, meditation on these things, like when you're lying down, you know, just to think about them, to meditate on God and on his instructions to us. And, and so that we delight in those things, um, that it's our, our heart is, uh, revived even by looking at what God has said about who he is and about his story throughout history, about what he instructs his people to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are symbols too, like, you know, it's, it's, it's posted on our doorposts of our house and on our gates. And there's constant reminders and symbols that direct our hearts towards God. And so that the, so the pedagogy isn't just simply sitting down at a desk and, and then regurgitating back to you the 10 commandments or whatever the instruction is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, it's about all of life. And how these things apply in all of life. Yeah, this is interesting because I think in modern day, when you say the word education, 
people sort of isolate that to what happens in a school. Yes. But you are talking about something much bigger. Correct. And all encompassing. All encompassing. Yeah. Yeah. So education of our children is, is teaching them how to live in every aspect of their lives, not just a transferring of information. Correct. Mm-hmm. And that it, and it evokes uh, a, a deep love and desire for God and the things of God. Yes. And so when we're surrounded by the, these reminders and these symbols and by days that where we feast and remember and, uh, mm-hmm. and enjoy and recall the acts of God and uh, not just the acts of God in history, but the acts of God that happen uh, in our own families or in our own uh, church communities. And, you know, when we mm-hmm. see people coming to a saving faith in Jesus Christ to celebrate that and to, to be, it, it's all part of what we're teaching our children uh, to do. And it, and it's, uh, and it's, we're, and we're commanded to do this. So it, 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 notice it doesn't say that parents are supposed to leave their children at the church for this instruction. Mm-hmm. Now, now the church, the church has a, a great deal to do with our formation and the preaching of God's word and to uh, the sacraments and the worship of God. Uh, and those things are part of the, um, part of the, the pedagogy, right? Mm-hmm. So as parents, we take our kids to, to be part of that community and that community helps us to uh, our children to desire uh, to love God and to, to follow him and to worship him. Now let me get very blunt then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As we said, this is all encompassing. Mm-hmm. It is uh, when you rise up, when you go to bed every and everything in between. The sad thing is in America today, Parents' time they spent with their children is is tiny, right? It's 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 a very small amount of time compared to the time they have, like if you send them to school. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you send your kids to a school and they're there eight hours a day receiving instruction. Is that instruction the paideia of the Lord? If it's not a Christian school, mm-hmm. the answer to that is no. <laughs> a hard no. A hard no. Yeah. A hard no. In fact. Uh, if you're sending your children to a public school, what they are learning is that real life, like the life that everyone else experiences, is one lived completely apart from God and that it works just fine. Mm-hmm. And that's a giant lie. That's a, it's just a lie. The absence of God as a referent in your education is just a lie. All things are held together by Him. Mm-hmm. And if you're not even mentioning Him, you're not giving thanks to him. You're not being taught about him as the creator and savior of the world. Then it's obsolete. It's obsolete. It's, it's irrelevant. Right. And it's, and it becomes a, a very difficult thing for your children because here's what happens. Ladies and gentlemen is over time. You'll note that your, your kids begin to think that the, the secular world is the normal one. And if, and if you believe in God, um, then you're the oddball. You're the odd one. And, and it's also playing on your heartstrings. The world is going to offer a lot to your children, and they recognize that. And, and now their hearts are being competed for with the things of the world versus the things of God. Mm-hmm. 
And what happens is, is that a lot of kids who in that era or in that time, they're of, um, they're, they're going to try to have it both, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to try to live according to the world, but have this veneer of Christianity. You know, it's maybe my, my, um, parachute right or my safety harness like if if something really bad happens then i'll still go to heaven perhaps um or or at times they will um because you can't serve two masters you'll hate the one and love the other right according to jesus um they'll end up hating god because they love the other Mm -hmm. they're being trained every day to love anything but god anything but God. Yeah. I feel like this is a pretty critical point to get across because based on the Deuteronomy passage, yeah, God is saying education is for the purpose of um, training the affections of a child's heart. Yes. And so that is happening no matter what educational institution your child is in. No matter what. So it's really the question is what do you want your children's affections to be pushed towards Correct. directed towards? Correct. Now, let, let me um let me say something very obvious uh, well i think it's obvious but it not might not be obvious to a lot of our audience and that is um f- for a lot of us we have also grown up in a secular world and it all seems normal and the idea that christianity this love of christ is just a personal private thing that can only really be publicly displayed on a Sunday morning in church. Um, you might have grown up thinking that's normal, mm-hmm. but but here, <laughs> that's a lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's 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 a lie. It's not. That's not the way it's ever supposed to have been, mm-hmm. and it's very recent in uh, in America. You know, it, let alone any time in in the uh, in Christendom that 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 our relationship with God is a personal private thing only to be done uh, in the confines of a church on Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. That is, that is um, unbiblical and unhistorical Uh, that it just hasn't been that way, but because we've grown up in it, perhaps Mm -hmm. we don't even know what it ought to be. Right. So I, I just, um, and I, this isn't trying to get us all off the hook because the the commands of scripture are clear, right? We must do this because God commands us to do it. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, is that we might not even be aware of the futility of um, sending our kids to a public school and expecting their hearts to be directed towards God. Mm-hmm. Now, does it happen? Yeah, it does. How often? Well, sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's I I I I wish I could sit here and tell you, you know, you got a fifty fifty shot. It's way way worse than fifty fifty. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And and someone could argue, well, you know, I know kids who've gone to private Christian schools or even homeschooled who aren't following the Lord. Yes, I know them too. Mm-hmm. I've taught them. I, I, I do know that, but do you want to go percentages? <laughs> Overwhelmingly, the percentages are, 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 they're vastly different between the kids who've grown up in a Christian, receiving a Christian paideia, 
um, at home in school versus mm-hmm. those who only received it at uh, at home. And to be blunt, to be blunt, there are many, many who aren't receiving a Christian paideia at home either. Right. Even though they claim to be Christian. They even show up to church on Sundays. Mm-hmm. There's, there's nothing in their home life that says our hearts are inclined towards uh, God, our Savior. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I, I guess repent. Well, ladies and gentlemen, for the sake of your soul and for the souls of your children, we need to repent and pursue the paideia of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if you don't know how to do it or what you're doing, well, get help. Talk, talk to, talk to your, talk to someone who does it well. Mm-hmm. Right. My, it's, it's interesting. My wife and I, and, and perhaps this is, uh, b- both my wife and I have the same, um, leaning in that, uh, we'll observe and then ask questions. Right. So we, when we were first pregnant, uh, we we simply observed a lot of Christian families and kids and in church and things, and and we would go, huh. I like what they're doing, and then we would go talk to those that family. Hey, mm-hmm. what what? Tell me what you're doing. How you know? What books have you read, or what? What's the source of this great wisdom? Mm-hmm. Right? And we and we would do it to, to multiple people. And anything that they would say was, you know, the same, like if there was the same resource and we were, we're jumping on that mm-hmm. and, and reading it. And, and I'd say do the same thing. If you, if you look around your church, look around your friends and go, man, they're doing it right. Um, go ask them, go talk to them. How do you, how are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and I know, and I, I know this and, and I've heard this many times as a, as an elder and also as someone who's been the headmaster of a classical Christian school, I know that when I talk like this, that it is um, the main thing in a lot of people's heads right now are, all right, I got to figure out how to do this without it costing me money or costing me something. I don't want to sacrifice my life or things in my life for obedience to this. Mm-hmm. And I, and I know you're thinking that what's the loophole, right? What's the, what's the bare minimum? What, st- st- please stop thinking that way. There isn't one. There isn't. Yeah. You have, there's a command. Is, is, uh, is, is he your Lord, your God? If, if God is your Lord, mm-hmm. if, if Christ really is your savior, then this needs to be paramount that you provide a Christian paideia for your children. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm uh, in these podcasts. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say there's one way to do this. I, and I, I won't, I'm, I'm going to try not to, to do this. I will say there's one thing that it will require of you. And that is sacrifice of some sort. It's not easy, mm-hmm. but it is good. Right. It, it, it can be hard, but it's also very good. Very good. If you go back to our family season on family, 
I, I don't know if you remember this, Allison, we talked about the idea of the purposes of marriage um, are help in the task of dominion, companionship, and that has the idea of sharing in the fruits of that dominion. Yeah. Right? Yep. And then procreation. And and I'll tell you, if you if you work at this diligently with you and your you and your spouse on providing this Christian paideia and you sacrifice to do it so that they might love the Lord your God with all their heart and with all their uh, mind and all their strength. Um, it is an incredible joy to share in the fruit of that dominion. It is wonderful. It is wonderful. It's and um, so suck it up, <laughs> repent and and do it. Yeah. And if you have questions, you can contact me. Um, you know, um, go to our website, palatineinstitute.org. You can find us in the contacts, email us, whatever. We can get in touch with you, provide resources, but but do it. Okay. Now we we live in America. Okay. And um there is uh there is a need in America to also for our kids to be citizens and mm-hmm. and and work and have vocations mm-hmm. or jobs. So our the paideia of the Lord encompasses everything, um, but that doesn't mean that vocational training is excluded mm-hmm. or formal education is excluded. It's included in that paideia. Mm-hmm. Okay, so rather than seeing it as separate, understand it as included. Right, it's a part of preparing them to take dominion. Correct. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And and the idea is. Um, are I the modern American version of paideia is that um, we are uh, our children are potential taxable units for the economic uh, engine of America. Mm-hmm. In other words, they're being trained in American public schools to be cogs in the economic machine and to pay taxes. That's what they're. That's the main thing. Yeah. Um. So rather than looking at them as uh, souls that live eternally, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that they're made in the image of God and have value intrinsic- intrinsically because they're made in his image, um, they're being taught that their value comes from their productivity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, you know, some people are going to do well and you kind of push them so they can be, you know, right now it seems like everyone wants everyone to be in STEM. You know, that's the future, yeah, right? That's the big push. Yeah. That's the big push. Um, and yet, you know, there's a bunch of people, there's a bunch of jobs opening to be a welder or, or a machinist here in Northeast Wisconsin. We don't have enough people. Mm-hmm. The, the idea here is, is that we want, we should be trying to, to educate our children to do what fits them. Mm-hmm. And that, um, that whether it's, you know, going to college after or going to a tech school or learning a trade uh, through an apprenticeship or whatever, um, all of those things should be in the hands of a parent. And it, and that's part of, part of our task too, is making sure that they're going to be prepared for our future mm-hmm. so that they have some sort of financial literacy. They have some sort of an understanding of responsibility. They have a good work ethic. Um, 
but mostly that they have some wisdom and virtue mm -hmm. that's going to prepare them for anything that happens in the future. Mm -hmm. Because this is America and things are going to change. Things change. Um, even as we're talking, I think a Silicon Valley bank just collapsed. Yeah, I saw and that. That there could be ramifications in the future. How is this going to affect all the STEM majors who are trying to, I don't know. Who knows? Uh, so if vocational training is the only thing we're interested in, we're missing out on the boat. Um, you want to tr teach them so that they can mm -hmm. make a living. Mm -hmm. But even more important than that, you want them to have wisdom and virtue. Be the kind of person that can roll with the punches, that can figure out how to make a go at anything, uh, no matter the, the times, mm -hmm. right? You're, you're, you know, I, you know, man, I've been fired from, well, I didn't fired from jobs. What's the word I've, I've had to leave jobs. Mm -hmm. I've had to, um, uh, you know, I, I got messed up in the first housing bubble. Uh, you know, those kinds of things happen. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not, uh, if, if we go around thinking that our children are, you know, that from here on out, everything's just going to be smooth sailing. We're kidding ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we, we, so not only vocation, but just that wisdom and virtue and that work ethic so that they will be prepared for, for anything that, that comes their, their way. Mm -hmm. And that, and that I guess is the, the I guess a, a good introduction to our, our series here, right? Mm -hmm. Education. Uh, it's about paideia. It's this training, this enculturation and, um, and our children are dual citizens of uh, the United States of America and, um, and also the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And we are commanded, commanded by God to provide the paideia of the Lord to our children. And there's, there's no way around it. Mm -hmm. That's, that's commanded. Yep. So go do it. So go do it. <laughs> <laughs>